And welcome to another episode of Pat and the Fat Man. We like to talk about movies, sports, and whatever else we feel like. I'm Pat. And I'm the Fat Man. And we're coming at you today live talking to you about sports ball. All right, football. Going into week seven, let's talk a little bit about the interestingness that was week six. Would you would you prefer to start with college or with the NFL? Or do you want to talk about baseball first? We'll save baseball for last. Because that was before the playoffs started. So yeah, we'll see that last. Let's go ahead and do college, since that's both of us, we can commiserate on that one. So college ball was an all-day blowout fest. Major, major blowouts. Like, LSU got blown out. <laughs> Tennessee <laughs> was on top. Uh, Georgia blew out whoever they were playing. Like, may, you know, 50-something to, like, single-digit, maybe double-digit scores. The big blowout was actually a Big 12 game, and that was Texas and, and Oklahoma. Which is usually um, either pretty close or Oklahoma destroys Texas. And Texas beat them 49 to zero. So shut out in Dallas, 49 to zero at the Cotton Bowl. <laughs> the, old, the old Cotton Bowl Stadium in the state fairgrounds or right next to it. It wasn't entirely unexpected. Oklahoma had lost to TCU the previous week, 55 to 20 something. And that was big. It was big for Texas. And then so it looked like going into the Alabama A&M game, it was going to be another blowout. I think Georgia blew out Auburn. I think that's what they did. (laughs) Or Tennessee did. Either way, one or the other. And it didn't turn out to be a blowout. The game was a very defensive game for most of the game. And it wasn't because the defenses were stellar. (laughs) They were okay. It was really because both offenses couldn't get out of their own way. Literally, the first score, uh, Alabama scored. And then in the next drive that they got the ball, they turned it over to us via a fumble. And we were able to score on that. And then it was kind of a repeat. They scored again, and then they uh, fumbled the ball, and we were able to score off that. (laughs) And then they were able to get a field goal before the half. So going in the half, the score was 17-14. Which honestly was probably better than I thought we were going to do. Uh, everybody, everybody expected us to just get demolished. Like this was going to be a 50 to something game. We've looked horrible the, the last few weeks. <laughs> horrible. We It was luck that we beat Arkansas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, pretty flat out. And we looked absolutely terrible against... Uh, Mississippi State. So this was Haynes King first full game, I think, since the Appalachian game. Yep. He played uh, in the fourth quarter against Mississippi State, threw two interceptions, also got two touchdowns. Did a lot better this time. He only threw one interception. It was a dumb one. And third and fourth quarter were very tense. There were some field goals and it came down eventually to the wire. And AM got the last possession. They managed to drive the ball. They managed to get some lucky calls. Those calls looked legitimate to me, but they were lucky that we got them. And game finally came down to the very last three seconds. We're on the, the second yard line. All we got to do is come up with a play to walk the ball in. And we throw a dump pass on a short route to a guy who's not even in the end zone. And he doesn't even catch the ball. I, I don't think there's a person in America, including Haynes King, who is happy with that play. <laughs> if you saw him after, right after, he is like 
pulling his helmet off and like throwing it as hard as he can at the ground. Uh, I think angry at himself. I assume. I don't know. Maybe he's angry at Jimbo. I don't know who called the play. I, I don't know who executed. But what the play should have been was lined up like they did, and then Hank, Haynes King walked the ball in <laughs> because it's two yards. He's got big legs, and they only had three guys rushing him. Right. <laughs> He, he could have done it. <laughs> well, so, I mean, I didn't really watch much of the game. I got the scores on my phone, and I watched a little bit here and there. They started doing well, then they started doing bad, and I was like, okay, you know what? I just I can't go through another week of this. <laughs> but I'll tell you from what I looked, what, what I did see, and what I have heard, this is just nothing more than a coaching problem. It has to be at this point because there's no way you could boast about you being the number one recruiting class of, you know, whatever year. And then you come out and you do this badly. And for one thing, Jimbo Fisher obviously doesn't give one iota about defense. (laughs) You know, his defensive coordinator is new, but you hire him because he's supposed to be able to do SEC level kind of work. He's supposed to be able to get these kids to be good. (laughs) Right. Jimbo Fisher's had two quarterbacks, one who can run, one who can't, but at least the one that can't run can make good decisions. So why aren't you training him to run? Why aren't you training him to fill in the one role that will make him better and make the decision of who to choose as a quarterback that much easier? Hayes King's been around for a little while, and if he could be quicker and and make decisions better, he would have done it by now. If he could make decisions, if he could be decisive right, and not try and force plays, because that's his other problem. That's why he throws interceptions, because he's trying to force a play. I'm like, just throw it out of bounds, buddy. <laughs> and he's had more time with Jimbo Fisher than Max Johnson has, so he should have been able to figure that out by now. And he's seen enough football that he should have figured that out by now. Yeah. But you realize Max uh, didn't play because of his finger, right? Oh, no, I thought it was just because of how he'd been doing previously. No, no, he hurt his finger. Like, he broke his finger. Oh, a Dak Prescott injury? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Although that worked out really well for the Cowboys so far, so. (laughs) Right. (laughs) This is the year where backup quarterbacks do really well. (laughs) No joke. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because it just seems in general that coaches right now, good coaches have a hard time figuring out current football. Both in college and in pros, like they, they have a hard time either trying to teach it or to see it. It's one or the other, but either way, it's bad for the teams. <laughs> I mean, and we are we're in a major transition period for college football. Mm-hmm. We are because you have kids coming back who would not have come back normally. Like Bryce Young would have gone to the NFL. Several other guys on Alabama. Several of our guys would have gone to the NFL. Mm-hmm. You have a lot more players who are a lot more staying power now. They're older. They've seen more action. They've got more under their belt. It actually, I think, it hurts the teams who have younger groups. And so, like, our defense is pretty young. Our offensive line is pretty young. I think for teams that have older sets of players, they're at somewhat of an advantage over teams who have younger players. So even if you have a top recruiting class, the guy fresh out of high school who was amazing in high school may not stack up against the okay senior college player. Right. Just just from an experience point of view and from a difficulty level. Because a lot of those guys come out of high school playing against a lot of teams that are okay, but now they're playing against all of the best people from high school. Just like the NFL guys are guys who used to be really good college players, and now they're playing against all of the really good college players. <laughs> right. I think it's going to be about two to three years before we really see the playing field kind of level out as far as that's concerned. I think the problem we've got with Fisher is 
whether or not he's a good enough coach, I don't see anybody we can replace him with. Right. And it's frustrating because we're paying him a lot of money. Right. Yeah. And that is frustrating. Granted, it's not my money. Like, I haven't (laughs) paid him a red cent. So we know somebody that goes to this school that we really like is paying for that money. And when those people aren't happy, bad things tend to happen. (laughs) Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I just, I struggle to come up with another coach that I'm like, yep, I want this guy. Even Saban at this point, I'm like, the dude's 70. Right. How much longer has he got? Right. I mean, he could try and Tom Brady this as much as he wants, but eventually he's going to end up divorced with no chill, <laughs> with no money. <laughs> that and his complaints tell me that he, he really doesn't know what to do in this new NIL world and that he's going to get really frustrated with the wrong people and scare away other football players. And overall, the SEC is going to is going to end up paying from the, the ripple effects of that. Yeah, because whether we like it or not, Nick Saban is sort of the ambassador for the SEC. And if he looks bad, the rest of the SEC is going to look bad, especially when Ohio State and the Big Ten are trying their hardest to look good. Yeah. And just the other day, UCF was playing uh, Temple and beating the crud out of them. and They're going to the Big 12. So, and right now we're in this really weird territory where everybody's moving everywhere. Yeah. But the USC in the same, in the same breath, USC is beating up on whoever they're playing. Right. And see, this is one of the reasons Oklahoma is struggling so hard. Their head coach moved to USC. And so USC has gotten a lot better this year and they're going to go to the big 10 and hopefully just beat the stuffing out of Ohio state year after year. Somebody has to. One can only hope. Because <laughs> <laughs> Michigan's not going to do it. <laughs> they haven't been able to do it in 20 years. <laughs> I mean, I listen to Columbus Sports Radio because I live in the area. And, and I, I grant you, every week they have to, these sports radio guys have to think of something to talk about. But these guys talk of a big game. Like, it's going to be a big game to beat up on these other teams that you know they're going to beat the crap out of. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's going to be, you know, they're going to be, you know, this and that and the other thing. And really trying to rev people up as if it's going to be a really good game. And it's not. <laughs> and you're just yeah. like, come on, guys. You're trying to put lipstick on a pig. <laughs> yep. And so I'm just, yeah, like you said, I'm looking for somebody to pound Ohio State for a little bit just to give them a little bit of humility. Yeah. 2025 is going to be a big year because we'll see the expansion of the college football playoff. You know, Texas and Oklahoma will move into the SEC. We might see a reorganization of the SEC, you know, getting rid of the East-West division, trying to figure out where to fit them in. And then uh, you got the USC and UCLA moving to the Big Ten. So. And then the four other teams, you know, UCF, Cincinnati, and I can't remember the other two. I think Utah? No, not Utah. Moving into the Big 12. And I don't know if the Pac-12 has released, you know, who's going to move into there. Right. So what's interesting to me is it's kind of, it's this weird feeding system we've got going on. You've got these teams that are slowly feeding into the SEC and now the Big 10. Mm -hmm. And then the other... Big five conferences, or, or what are they called? The power five conferences are having to backfill as those teams leach away into the Big Ten and SEC. They're backfilling. And so it's this interesting ripple backfill. And I think if it keeps going like this, you're going to end up with two major conferences, the SEC and the Big Ten. Like I said before, and I keep saying it because I think it's a really good idea because I've been paying attention to it, it's going to have to end up like the English soccer league system. You have your upper tier levels, the English soccer league, and then you have your national 
league teams and their levels and whatnot. And it's just going to have to end up being that way. But so that way teams can win to go to get better status. And then teams that have off years get relegated. It's going to end up having to be that way, just so that way you have some semblance of of fairness. That way, when UCF goes 12 and 0 or Hawaii goes 12 and 0, you know, they can move up and, you know, then they can talk their game after they've beaten better teams because they finally have earned their place to play better teams. Yeah. I mean, I think I agree with you from in a perfect world that that's what would happen. But there's no way in hell that's going to happen. There's just too much money, right? Vanderbilt's like, oh, hell no, I'm not dropping out of the SEC. Bleep you. I've gone through years and years and years of beatdown in the football program so that I could whip up on these guys in baseball and uh, and basketball. I am not going anywhere, sir. Screw you. <laughs> yeah, but the funny part is, is with the money, though, and if you have that system, that's where the sponsorship's going to end up going. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best way to go. Like, we don't care that you have a really good baseball team. Football is the only thing that people care about and you're not good at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I think it'd be interesting if it works that way out. I don't think it'll happen in our lifetime, Bruce. I think we'll be long dead. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably right. Yeah. But that's the thing of it, because like you can talk about the college baseball college world series all you want. But the fact is, is that in the baseball draft, there's like a couple of hundred kids that get drafted every year. Yeah. And then even then they're you know, they're either in the college system or still playing in the minor league system for another, I don't know, five, ten years if they ever make it. Yeah. I mean, it's different. Like, and football is just a different game because we play so few games. Right. The consequences are so immediate. It's so drastic. Like, one right. game can can make or break your entire season. Right. Whereas with every other sport out there, eh, there's always tomorrow. Well, okay. Let's circle back to this weekend's game. That loss puts us at what three and three. Yeah, our season's done. <laughs> we're not climbing back out. <laughs> well, if we can manage to squeak three more wins out, we're ball eligible. So hopefully, we beat <laughs> UMass, right? University of Massachusetts. You got to hope, right? <laughs> so that's four. So we can eke out two more wins against an SEC opponent. Which we beat Arkansas. Maybe we can beat South Carolina. And Missouri, both of which we're going to play, both of which are horrible. You know, I think we could maybe eke those win out wins out. I think it it would be more surprising if we beat like Ole Miss or whoever else we're playing. But but think about that. Think about that. We started off this season with so much hope. Now we're in the very middle of it, and we're like, maybe we can eke out a bowl game. Maybe. You know, I honestly didn't start this season with that much hope. I was way more hyped up about last season. Than I ever was about this season. I, I don't get me wrong. I've been disappointed, but I just, I don't know. For some reason, I was like, I'm not that hopeful that we're going to do that. And I think it's, pro- it's probably because of how badly I got let down by last season. Yeah. You know, being dead last in the West. Well, I was hoping that, you know, Jimbo Fisher felt so strong about what Nick Saban said. That meant that he felt very confident in how good we were going to do. Yeah. And I guess he has to say that because, you know, you know, it's your job to be positive about your team. But I mean, yeah, after the first two games, you're like, mm. and the funny part is we're in almost the exact same spot we were last year this time, mm-hmm. except our win is against Arkansas and not against Alabama. Last year, this time we were three and three or no. No, no, we ended up beating Colorado. So we were four and two, but we lost against Arkansas 
and we lost against Mississippi State, and then we beat Alabama. So this time we beat Arkansas and we lost Alabama. It, to me, it just feels like a rinse repeat from last year. Because there's nothing positive to look at it. We didn't beat the easy team and we didn't beat the hard team, which basically means you can't beat anybody. I'll grant you we won against Arkansas, but that was such a fluky and crazy win that you really can't take too much pride in that. <laughs> yeah. It's a win, so you're happy and you want to hold on to the win, but you know, the the ball hitting the very top of the freaking goalpost and then falling back into play. I mean Yeah, and there's no telling how good Mississippi State actually is because the week before we played them, they lost to LSU. And LSU's no good. Like they're just not. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I want to say they lost to Florida. No, they lost FSU. FSU, not even yeah. not even Florida. I know. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. We lost to Appalachian State, so we got nothing to say. But still, <laughs> I I don't know. Whatever. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna, I've been a fan all my life, and we've been bad most of my life. So I'm not saying I'm not gonna watch. I just did something. My I'm gonna have to have a pretty good week to to want to sit down and watch an A and M game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so I guess that's enough bashing the team we love. Um, <laughs> well, it's cathartic. I mean, yeah. we have to let it out because we've done the crying. Now we have to get get through the anger phase. <laughs> yeah. So let's move on to the niffle or the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. For Hispanic Heritage Month, it's Nino FL. Which, from what I've heard from the Hispanic folks that I know, they are very offended. <laughs> but uh, what I was trying to say before is the uh, the year of the backup quarterback. <laughs> Cooper Rush. I think I've heard of that name, but I've heard that like as if I'm like hearing something in the back of my head from 10 years ago, that name. <laughs> so he was with the Cowboys under Garrett four years ago now, I want to say. And when Garrett went to the Giants, Cooper Rush went with him. Uh-huh. He got fired off the Cowboys, got picked up by the Giants, and then somehow made it back to the Cowboys this year. Because he, <laughs> in that time frame, when he was originally with the Cowboys, he did start one game and he won as a backup. And now he's won four games this season. So he's 5-0 and as a starting quarterback. I mean... That's pretty good. Like I don't care how you shake that down. <laughs> the, the Cowboys are five and zero. Oh? No, the Cowboys are four and one. Four and one. Okay. I'm saying Cooper Rush. His record is five and zero oh, as a starter with the Cowboys. Right. Did he get hurt? No. I'm trying to do some math here. I know he won four. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be five and one? You weren't listening to what I said before. I, I faded in and out. He played for the Cowboys years ago under a different head coach. <laughs> uh huh. And then what happened? Yeah, shut up. You're the one who brought up the fact that you heard about him. What the hell, man? We're talking to a freaking brick wall? I told you, I fade in and out. Yeah, I know. Fade you in and out. (laughs) How does that make sense? Go home, Bruce. You're drunk. Well, I am home, and no, I'm not quite drunk. I mean, get get to getting. I know. I know, I got a lot of drinking. A lot of teams are letting me down this year. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, Cowboys game before we go into my depressive state. <laughs> yeah, Cowboys game. So we're playing the Rams in L.A. First, it did not look like we were in L.A. I mean, I could tell it was a different stadium, but there were enough Cowboys fans in that stadium that it looked like a Cowboys game. <laughs> <laughs> like it was literally half and half. 
in fact, one of my cousins was there and he was like, yeah, it's pretty much half and half. (laughs) (laughs) Cowboys fans, Rams fans. The Cowboys defense is monstrous. They just are. They will tear apart an offensive line. They will destroy a quarterback. They'll ruin the runners. And we have excellent pass rushing and pass protection. Our guys in the safeties, they're excellent too, both at, at breaking up passes and at uh, at making interceptions. So it's an amazing defense right now. The offense, a lot of weapons. Elliot, Elliot can't seem to find a hole. I don't get it. Watching him as a rusher, you give him the ball and then he runs into the most densely packed group of people he can. Like there were several times during that game where there was a hole somewhere on the outside that he could have broken off and run. And he didn't. He went for like the middle of the where everybody was, which is the strength of Pollard as a running back. He he sees them. I And, and the thing is, like, I can't think that it that Elliot doesn't take those because he thinks he's slow. He's not slow. He's a fast guy. He just never gets into space ever because he always runs into a whole bunch of people. I don't get it. But Pollard doesn't. Pollard sees the holes and goes for him. So CeeDee Lamb was excellent. Noah Brown was great. Money Maher, which is our kicker, Maher, solid, hit every field goal we went for. So it was a good game. It was a good game to watch. You know, offensively, we weren't amazing or anything. We were decent. Cooper Rush can hit. He typically knows when to throw the ball out of bounds. He knows to throw to who, and he knows when to go down with the ball. He's been a very good quarterback. Supposedly, he's still going to be playing against the Eagles next week. So that's... I there was a lot of talk about Prescott coming back for the Rams game, mm. and then okay, he's not in the Rams game. I guess he's going to play in the Eagles game, but apparently he's not going to do. I don't know. I don't know what's going to look like. So well, I mean, if you're doing so well, you, you find it you're very reluctant to change things up now. Yeah, you're still fairly early in this NFL season, and so you want to wait until injuries start happening a little bit more. Guys are starting getting tired a little more, and teams have gotten used to what you're doing, and then. You can probably bring – now, that being said, Dak Prescott's getting paid way more money than Cooper Rush, so yeah. that would be the big reason to get him on the field as soon as possible. But at the same time, you got to balance out your wins and losses and what's going to ultimately give you the better record in the end. Yeah. Well, and the honest truth is if you can wait for a guy to heal up mm-hmm. and you're winning, wait. Right. Right? There's no rush. It's not like we're losing game after game here. That would be the smart thing to do. That would be the logical thing to do. But you know that as well as anybody that in, in the NFL, and especially with Jerry Jones, money might be more the, the thing. Like, I don't want to pay for this guy to sit if he can play. Yeah. So I, I expect once De- when Prescott is healthy enough, he's going to go back on the field. Yeah. I, I just... I think we all kind of expected him to be healthy enough now. Right. Uh, We'll see how that plays out. What's interesting to me is we won, the Giants won, the Eagles are winning, Washington's not doing that bad. We're not the NFC least anymore. It's the NFC beast. (laughs) Beast might be a strong word. Yeah, shut up. (laughs) I'll take what I can get. It's been a very weird year, to be sure. Have it been in the dumpster fire that was the NFC <laughs> NFC East over the last half decade to a decade? Who did the Packers recently lost to? I mean, it wasn't a very good team, but the Packers just lost to somebody. I can't remember who, but... I want to say it was the Jets. Yeah. The Jets have been cleaning up. Right. They're like 5-1. and one. It's such a bizarre year. The... the- New York Jet, like it is amazing right now to be a New York football fan. It's like you're the garbage fire. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I'll take it if it gets me to the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever gets me there. 
So Dallas has the Eagles coming up this weekend. That's supposedly this is our big challenge because the Eagles have looked really well all year. Yeah. We've looked really good all year. So this should be a good game. It's going to depend on it's going to be our defense versus their offense. If our defense can really get get a hold of Jalen Hurts and put a hurt on him. Ha 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 ha. And whether or not the offense can make anything of itself. So because the Eagles defense isn't anything to laugh at either. It's going to be a good game. I don't know if I'm going to be angry or happy at the end of it, but my hope is it goes something similar to last year's Eagles game where we beat them like 60 to 7. God, that was amazing. (laughs) Good times. Good times. (laughs) Well, let's talk about the Browns. Why not? Why not? We played the Chargers. We played the other LA team. It was a game that we should have won. We didn't look terrible but we weren't good we definitely weren't good i don't know what's going on with the defense there's been no improvement none the only time the defense is worth anything is when both garrett and Clowney are on the field at the same time otherwise there's there's nothing going on for the defense which is troubling Jacoby Brissett's good but now you're starting to see the honeymoon starting to get to be over with Jacoby Brissett teams are starting to figure them out Mistakes are being made, and the kicker's a rookie that they're depending way too much on. I think there were two, at least twice, if not three times, we were down in, like, inside the five with at least a first or second and goal and couldn't put the ball in. And we're a team that can that can run the ball, like, better than anybody else, really. Oh, yeah. Chubb's amazing. And you couldn't get it across the line. Yeah. It's very, very upsetting that we aren't putting points on the board like we should. Jacoby Brissett, he made probably one of the most boneheaded plays I've ever seen, and I don't understand why he did it. It's first in, like, five. The first down marker's at, like, the two, and he um, rolls right out of the pocket, and he has field in front of him. He could have ran for the first down, but instead he decides he's going to throw to the back of the end zone to a guy who was covered and had another guy coming in, and the ball gets intercepted in the end zone. Yeah. And that was at a critical point at the end of the game that we could have won by a touchdown or whatever and didn't happen. Defense couldn't hold, and we lost this one in another disappointing fashion because of a bad defense and bad mistakes from the offense. That being said, Jacoby Brissett's done really well, and I just it's just very upsetting to see him make that mistake right now at home. I don't think we've won a game at home this season. No, we've won one. We beat Pittsburgh. It's really upsetting, and it's clearly a coaching problem, especially on the defensive side and special teams, because those coaches either aren't teaching their guys well, aren't bringing out their talent, We either have the talent and they can't bring it out, the coaches can't bring it out, or we don't have the talent talent, and they're not putting talent on the field. It's one of those two options, but it's clearly a coaching problem. And we're six weeks into the season, and it doesn't look like there's going to be changes to be made. It's very, very uh, disappointing at this point. Deshaun Watson finally can come to the training facility and start getting ready, but we got a few more weeks before he can come in. I was going to say, yeah, how many is it? Was he out for the first eight games, or was it more than that? Eleven. Eleven. God. Yeah. And we've optimistically said six wins, and we figure if we can get six wins with Jacoby Brissett, we could probably make the playoffs. But right now we're sitting at two and three. And honestly, if it weren't for a really good kick uh, on that one game, we'd be one and four. 
Yeah. I mean, luckily, the rest of your division is crumbling as well. Yes. <laughs> Pittsburgh's awful. Um, Lamar Jackson's not playing like the guy who wants to be making money. <laughs> no. <laughs> He's holding out for a better contract. Well, he sure sure isn't earning it. And uh, Joe Burrow is going to be literally putting the ground on the football field if he doesn't get some people to protect him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It was very apparent against Dallas. We sacked him six times. <laughs> Six times. <laughs> and that was the thing. Well, that was the thing that they focused on in the draft this year was getting Joe Burrow protection. Yeah. Yeah, they did. <laughs> just those guys aren't up to snuff, I guess. I just. But yeah, the Ravens aren't doing great either. So <laughs> I think we're one game out of first place in our division now. And it's because I think Baltimore finally won that game last week. Yeah. This week we got the Patriots and Mac Jones isn't playing. So we got that going for us. But then again. The defense, star cornerback and the other defensive end, cornerback Denzel Ward and defensive end Jadavian Cloudy are not playing this week because of injuries. Mm-hmm. So here we go with the roller coaster again. Yep. Uh, we'll see. It's not terribly optimistic, but the Browns, maybe they make a game of it. Wait, so who are they playing again? Patriots. 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 Yeah. So it's kind of a crapshoot there. Yeah. But, uh, oh, yeah, so uh, A&M, wait, we forgot to cover this. A&M's got a bye week this week, so they're not playing yep. anybody. Uh, so Saturday will be hopefully a good day, no matter what. <laughs> I think uh, I think Texas is playing like Iowa or Iowa State. Or no, maybe Ohio State's playing Iowa. Either way, the, the big game to watch this week in the SEC, and I think it's the big game to watch overall, is Alabama-Tennessee. Uh, Alabama's currently ranked number two. Tennessee's ranked six. I think it's going to be a good game because this is this is a rivalry game for Alabama and Tennessee. Auburn is kind of the other Alabama rival. And then, of course, there's always enmity between them and LSU and them and Georgia. And, and the honest truth is it's Alabama. So everybody wants to beat Alabama, period. But right. the Tennessee-Alabama thing goes back to the days when Tennessee was good and used to beat up on Alabama. So this is going to be big. If nothing else, it'll be really good material for SEC shorts. Yes. If Tennessee beats Alabama, it's going to be a really good skit. I think either way. <laughs> the, the skit last time was excellent. <laughs> when uh, Alabama came back and beat Tennessee, literally because they scored 28 points in the fourth quarter. 15 minutes of football, they managed to score every time they got the ball. In short order. Because <laughs> you can't have long possessions and score... 28 points. I just, wow. (laughs) That's four touchdowns in 15 minutes against Tennessee. And they won. Otherwise, they wouldn't have won that game. They had to get at least four touchdowns, and they did, and they won that game. So that was last year. So it'll be interesting to see because I know Tennessee's coming to play, and they're playing at home. And I know know Alabama's coming to play, especially after getting almost a whooping from (laughs) A&M. I want to put it bluntly. So, yeah, I'm going to be very, very interested in to see how that goes down. The other big game is, I want to say it's Oklahoma State and Texas. Or it's Oklahoma State and TCU. Either the two big 12 teams that are ranked. <laughs> I think it's Texas. I think it's Texas and Oklahoma State. That'll be a big game. Especially after Texas like utterly destroyed Oklahoma. But OSU is looking like a better football team, so... That's the big 12 game to watch. As far as the other games, uh... I will instead be watching baseball. 
Baseball. Baseball. Because the Guardians have done very impressive in that they made it through the first hurdle, through the wild card series. They uh, swept the Tampa Bay Rays two games to none out of the three. Well, out of the two that they played, it was a three-game series. They they won the first two, so, you know, easy sweep. Well, it wasn't easy, though. First game they uh, solidly won, what was it? <laughs> I want to say, yeah, two to one. Won that game two to one in nine innings. Game two went to 15 innings <laughs> before the game was won. Uh, 15 innings of no scores. Four hits, I think, was the total before the, the winning run was made. Uh, the winning run came off of a home run to left center by Oscar Gonzalez, also known as SpongeBob. Because <laughs> his walk-up song, SpongeBob SquarePants theme. Yep. And uh, that was a crazy game. Just uh, I didn't think we were going to win that one because I was like, man, it's just getting late. Tampa Bay had to start using their starting pitchers <laughs> to pitch against us. They'd gone through their whole bullpen. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, today was game two of the division series against the New York Yankees in New York. First game, they lost four to two, and we just gave up too many home runs. Our bats weren't producing for whatever reason. Our bats weren't doing quite as well as we as they've been doing before. weren't playing small ball like we used to, like we're used to doing, and uh, just weren't making contact. First game was a little bit of a letdown. Really wasn't bad. I mean, it's New York. New York's just they're built big. They're heavy hitters. They don't make mistakes often. If you play just normal baseball, just normal. Base hits or fly balls just won't cut it. You know, you either got to do something to trip them up or you got to start hitting the long ball all the time. And this young team isn't ha, doesn't have that experience yet. They weren't ready for it. But today, they finally started making contact, started making little bloopers <laughs> and making plays that the, the Yankees couldn't recover from. Like, really, the winning run came after a 2-2 tie came in the ninth. Eighth or ninth, I forget, but Jose Ramirez hits what should have been a single, but Jose Ramirez never does a single. It'll be a, a what would be a common single uh, ball to hit to the outfield. He turns it into a double. He just always runs past first. And he makes it to second. They overthrow him at second, and then he makes it to third. It's just unbelievable. You're like, that's it. That That's what's going to do it. You know, makes it to third with nobody out, and we eventually got him in the hard way. But to see that, because the ball was a little drop to left field behind the third baseman. Third baseman should have caught it, like should have trapped it with his glove, you know, on the ground. And it just slipped right out and onto the ground. And then recovering, trying to throw to second, just throws it right past second. Mm. That was really exciting to see that kind of baseball because it's just a juggernaut, a train that, you know, you're just like, oh, crap. I don't know if I could stop this. And he just runs right past it. Yeah. And it's really fun baseball to watch. And that's how they won this one in New York, which is tough to do. Because let me tell you, those those New York fans are savages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're just savages. I could call them worse, but whatever. They're, they're savages. They're never happy with what they have. And the other thing that really worked out for us, talking about you know never having enough, Aaron Judge, who's probably going to win the MVP of the year because he broke um, Mickey Mantle's record of 62 home runs. Or no, Roger Maris, sorry. Roger, Roger Maris. Maris's record of 62 home runs in a single season. Struck out four times and flied out to third. He was inconsequential in this game. 
And that's a huge, huge thing for this baseball team to be able to do that. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a good SEC short. It was a couple of weeks ago, but it was like, you know, during the games where they were switching over to the the baseball feed to see if, you know, during his at-bats to see if he'd hit the thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the top 10 teams who were part of the SEC were sitting in a boardroom, you know, talking to each other, smack, you know, smack talking. And then the the, lead, the board leader, she was like, all right, shut up, everybody. It's time. And she goes and turns the TV on and they're like, what are we watching? And she's like, oh, we're watching to see if, uh, what's his name again? Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is going to hit his 60-second home run. And the guys all look at each other and wonder, who gives a f- in the garden? <laughs> it is impressive because like it's a record that's been held for like 60-something years. I know. It's a very long-standing record. Yeah. A Yankee doing it just seems, I guess, right. I, I, in like the if you're a baseball mythology kind of person. Right. Yeah. 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 Baseball aficionado. If I wasn't biased towards my team, yeah, I'd probably agree. But I was kind of like, eh. yeah. my team, my young team is winning baseball games and that's what's on. Okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So the Strohs are playing uh, Seattle tomorrow. This will be game three. I think if they win this, then it's over because they're leading 2-0. and I was going to say, did they win the first two? Yeah, they won the first two. So leading Houston's Seattle. Houston's really good, and the Mariners aren't quite as good as they're. Yeah, because I watched, I watched the Mariners knock them out a couple of years ago. I remember headed towards the, uh, uh, <laughs> the last <laughs> series. I'm cheating, folks. I'm going to look up the list. Nobody paid attention last year. Um <laughs> So it was the Braves, and then last year, the year before, was the Dodgers. Dodgers, Before that was the Nationals, and then before that was the Red Sox. Who were the Dodgers playing? Tampa Bay. Okay. What was it the year before that? The Nationals and the Astros. Yeah, yeah, the year before that. Sox and Dodgers. Who'd the Dodgers beat to get there? Oh, it wouldn't have been Seattle. No, no, you're right. It wouldn't have been. Okay, I don't know what the hell I was smoking. So either way, <laughs> sorry, I didn't do much baseball last year. It was the two years prior to that I watched a lot. I might start watching it now, now that we're down to the point where there's actual, I can watch it on TV. That's been the problem. Just put it on TV. Stop being a bunch of a-holes about it. <laughs> so, so that us fans can watch it without having to go through some labyrinth thing to find our games. <sighs> Well, it's going to get messier with the NFL, what with deciding to give up the DirecTV contract. Who knows who's going to get it after that? Uh, okay. Amazon, Disney, Apple. Yeah. Well, then Disney and, and Dish Network had it out for like a week there. And so like, no, there was no sports. There was none of the Disney stuff was available via the Dish Network stuff. And of course, that's how I watch sports. And so... I had to sign up for Hubu for a free trial for Fubu TV <laughs> to, in order to watch football. So it looks like they've they've kissed and made up. AKA somebody gave somebody else the giant wad of cash they wanted, which would have been Dish Network giving Disney the giant wad of cash. Which I gotta admit that kind of ticks me off, considering Disney is going to a tiered structure for ads or no ads in their Disney Plus thing, and so is HBO. Or HBO already has. They're really testing the limits of their of the loyalty that their uh, consumers have, just in all around. I think they're pushing everything back to cable. To be honest, I think they're all 
And then Disney, Disney itself, yeah, they've been hammering against their just across the board, right? Less merchandise, higher prices, uh, the park prices. Like I, I just hear it all the time from pass holders on Facebook that you know they're talking about not renewing. Oh, I didn't renew. Yeah, because it's it's more expensive both for the ticket and to get in, and there's still crowds. <laughs> yeah, the price increased by four hundred dollars a ticket. For right. for a pass, uh, for an annual pass, so you multiply that by four because there's no discount for children, right? Yeah, no, sorry, <laughs> you know. And then yeah, if they're going to a tiered system with Disney Plus, I mean, they're really trying to like find the ceiling here of how much, of how far they can push people. Yeah, how how much money? Because I, you know, back up two years, I'm a pretty hardcore Disney file. Mm-hmm. Like I'm all about, yeah, let's go back to Disney. You know, we did it like we did it three times, two years in a row. Well, the thing is, they think they can make up the money for it. And it's, and it's like, you're Disney. You're not going anywhere anytime soon. So, yes, you can make up the money, you know, in a shorter amount of time. You just take the growing pains for now. But they don't want to do that. No, they want to try and squeeze their constituency. And I think there's a lot of people who were Disney files maybe five, ten years ago or even two years ago who were kind of like, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, whatever. You guys sometimes make good content. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess as a last sports thing for me is it's hockey. It's hockey season. Woo! Woo! Follow the Blue Jackets. First two games have been awful. Just <laughs> awful. No free food, huh? I don't know how you come into a season looking so terrible. <laughs> and your star goalie hasn't even played yet because he's sick. And I put the air quotes there. I know it sounds mean, but come on, man. (laughs) Opening week, the first two games you aren't there. We've been losing terribly. Your star shooter who just got the contract that he wanted, you know, the the Columbus Blue Jacks aren't exactly a team filled with money. So they just got this big contract to keep this guy and he gets hurt uh, after scoring the first goal of the season in the first period of the first game of the season. Wow. That's quick. And he's out for the next three to four weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of games. <laughs> so it's like, come on. <laughs> the stars are are one and zero. They've played one game. They beat the Predators four to one. <laughs> four to one. <laughs> so it looks oh, like Jackets lost tonight five to two. Yeah, at home, their home opener. <laughs> oh, that always sucks. <laughs> I mean, I'll grant you it's Tampa Bay, but Tampa Bay don't look like it's... We scored two goals on their goalie early, you know, so I don't think they're as good as they they have been in the last few years, so... I was going to say, Tampa Bay has been something of a powerhouse over the years, but it doesn't always last. No, because the money doesn't always last. I mean, you win Stanley Cups and you got to pay people. Yep. So, we'll see. Soccer, the Columbus crew... Lost to Orlando in a decisive game. Like they didn't even have to win; they just had to tie, and they were up two nothing, and still lost the game. Oh man, that sucks. So it, it's funny because it's almost eerie, like uh, uh, Ted Lasso in a sort of way. Because there was a time where they went, they were, t- uh, they do draws for like five, six, seven straight games for draws. <laughs> And a lot of them were because the other team would come in in less than the last five minutes of regular time and tie the game up. 
oftentimes tying it up in overage time, stoppage time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's <laughs> rough. So they fired their coach, and as soon as the season was done, they fired him. Like you um, do. Because, I mean, honestly, I mean, it was just awful. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been really kind of depressing for me right now with sports. Like, last week, and I'm like, man, I don't know how much more I can watch, and it's all I got. <laughs> A&M's losing, the Browns are losing. <laughs> And Cigarians are doing decent now. Yes, they are. They're a very good team. And honestly, I mean, I'm very happy that they've won one game in, in New York and it's going to go to four games. And if they beat New York, I, I'm going to be ecstatic. But if they lose to New York, I'm not going to really cry that hard about it because this is a super young team with a lot of talent that's just coming out of their, their shell. And um, to be able to put up a fight against these New York Yankees is is really something and um, no one should be making fun of them. No one should be disregarding them. They should. Everyone should be paying attention to this team. This is what baseball should be about: is a team like this finding ways to win. Yeah. Not just hitting the long ball, going, "Hey, I can't hit it over the fence. Fine, I'm just going to get it past the first baseman and just run my <laughs> off." Yeah. You know, <laughs> my starting pitcher can't do it. Then my four, you know, relief pitchers are going to do it. Yeah. It's what I think makes the game fun. Like I said, Jose Ramirez turning a, a single into a double into a triple is just so much fun to see because you see him go and you're like, go, man, go, go, go. <laughs> it's fun to watch. You get to cheer. It's like you're actually at a sporting event. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's actually fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so hold on to that. Got a whole two games back-to-back this weekend in, in uh, Cleveland. Should be fun to watch. Cool. Well, I guess we're sported out, huh? <laughs> until next week <laughs> yep. thanks everybody for listening remember patentthefatman.com is the website get our podcast wherever you get your podcast Pat and the Fat Man we're on Facebook Pat and the Fat Man if you want to leave us a comment uh, tell us what you like what you don't like uh, leave a comment down below like subscribe hit the bell what are all the buttons the button button the thing button the good one but not the bad one don't hit the bad one whatever button that there's probably a bad one i don't know it's youtube who, who knows anywhere there's so many good <laughs> buttons the smiley face do that whatever thing in the bell <laughs> i don't even know what the hell the bell is like i i subscribe and like to stuff but i and hit the bell what bell I don't, i've never seen a bell in my life i don't know what you're talking about so anyways we're on YouTube now. That's the point. <laughs> and the more highly you rate us, the better we show up in the algorithm. So if you'd like to support the podcast, patreon.com. It has come to my attention that we actually have a decent uh, listenership now. There appears to be at least one person listening per day, whether that's the same guy listening to them over and over and over again, or if it's many people listening to many episodes spread out over a month or so. We do appreciate your listenership. We would also appreciate your your support. These podcasts are not free uh, to make. They, we do pay an editor to make them. So if you're watching this on YouTube and then later on you listen to the episode, you can tell the difference. <laughs> there is a difference and it's good and she does a good job. Look at Pat's awesome background and, and my super realistic one. That's how awesome our budget is. <laughs> yes. It's amazeballs. <laughs> Trust me. So the more patrons we get, the better we can make the show the more we can pay our editor 
and we can move into different areas, to be honest. So we do appreciate your uh, patronage. So if you if you go to the website, there's a little button that says become a patron. Or we're, if you want to search us on Patreon, uh, that's where our, the money stuff works, at least for now, uh, before we get banned, because they do that to random people. So <laughs> that's all I got. Uh, so thanks for uh, for bearing with us. This has been another episode of Pat and the Fat Man. I'm Pat. And I'm the Fat Man. Stay classy. Go Guardians! Giga Maggies. Wait, they're not even playing this weekend. That means we're going to win, right? I, I guess. <laughs> who, who knows? I mean, if I drink enough, we'll win. Yeah. In my head. <laughs> I should be drinking, too. Why am I not drinking? And that's my last beer. I got to go out. And because it's hockey season, I'm switching from Yingling to Labatt Blue. What are you, Canadian? Hey, it's hockey season. <laughs> When's the last time the Canadians won? Well, it's a long time. They're honestly a little pissed off about it. <laughs> <laughs>